Sports Talk New York with your hosts, Mark Rosenman and A.J. Carter. Sports Talk New York is sponsored in part by Prince Associates for all your insurance needs, the Phoenix Tube Company, the law firm of Declator Cohen and DePrisco, Solomon Jewelers, and General Needs Charity, serving our homeless veterans with dignity. And now, here are your hosts, Mark and A.J. Joining us now is a man who the New York Jets signed in 1966 to play defensive back, kickoff and punt return specialist. He played for the New York Jets for three years from 1966 to 1969. He played halfback, defensive back, and during Super Bowl III, he had a 25-yard kickoff return. He was an integral member of the Jets championship season. It is a thrill to welcome the one and only Earl the Twirl Christie to Sports Talk New York. Welcome, Earl. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me on. It's our absolute pleasure. You know, it's interesting because you're a standout athlete in high school in Arb de Grace, Maryland, where you were known as All World before Lloyd Free. Um, you name it, you did it. Track and field, you high jumped six foot four inches. You threw the shot, put 49 to nine inches. In addition, your basketball prowess is off the chart and legendary. You once actually outscored an opposing team 43 to their 42 points. So I'm sure you had many options when it came to college. So why Maryland State? And then let's carry that a step further. Can you tell us how your college roommate and fellow phys ed major had an impact how you came to play football? Because amazingly enough, you never even played high school football. Yeah, well, you know, amazing. Uh, we didn't have the opportunity to play football, so I had to go to a small school. Uh, back in the day, and uh, like you said, we had those three different sports, but I was very uh, privy to play basketball. In fact, uh, even when that game that I scored 43, I missed six minutes of the third quarter because the coach took me out. And because of my cousin, uh, uh, Bernard Christie Jr., he said put him back in so he could break the record at that time was 35 points. <laughs> and, and one of the reasons, uh, and then when I went on to Maryland Eastern Shore, Maryland State at that time, um, uh, my roommate was like a, a football player. In fact, he was a third-string quarterback on the team. And, you know, we had PE classes together, and he said, man, you got good speed and everything. And I said, really, you think I can play? He said, there's no question. And, you know, you know, in the PE classes, you know, we're catching the ball in our hands and all that type of thing. And uh, so I went over to the locker room, and Skip McCain, Hall of Fame coach in college, uh, he said, what are you doing over here, young man? Uh, I said, I'm going to try out for football. And in the corner with some of these guys, we had some big guys like Art Shell and all them that way down <laughs> at that time. And we had some big guys. And, of course, you know Sherman Plunkett went yeah. to the school, and he was before us. But anyhow, and he said, yeah. I, I mean, I couldn't even put on the uniform. I had to have help to put on shoulder pads because <laughs> I didn't have no football uniform when I was a kid growing up. And uh, it was just amazing. And, and I went out on the field, and they were calling plays. And I saw one guy get hit, and they said, roll him off the field. And I said, oh, man, I'm in trouble. Back in the day, <laughs> we didn't have no cell phones. I couldn't even call home. But the, I, the first time they gave me the, the play, he said, son, I want you to run 241. I mean, I didn't know nothing about plays and all that and different holes. Can you imagine what I had to go through? Never played organized football. And so what happened he gave me a play, 241 off tackle, and he said, son, run off the left hip or right hip, uh, left hip of the person of the big tackle. 
and everything. I mean, it was something. And guess what? But I closed my eyes when he called and gave me the ball. They hit me. The coach said, if you'd have opened your eyes, you could have scored because I could have just cut back to the right. But uh, that's how my football got started. I thought when they hit me, they were going to kill me. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Never playing high school football and then to make it to the NFL. So you, you mentioned the legendary coach, the late, great Vernon Skip McCain. What did you learn from him? Boy, I tell you, going to a small school, because, you know, like we had the PE class, and a lot of our coaches were teachers and coaches. They wasn't just no coaching back in the day. They had classes. So uh, we learned character. One of the most important things, respect one another. And you talking about teams. I mean, boy, they utilized that T-E-A-M. Together, everyone achieves more. And we, we were taught that. We were taught work ethic. We work hard while you're on the field. And most important, it's the honor and the privilege to play one of the greatest sports in America, one of the most popular sports, football. I mean, this is the attitude we took. And they most important that I loved about what they did, they made sure we got our schoolwork. All our guys graduated. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> you can't say the same about today's uh, game for sure. Uh, it's interesting because uh, during your four-year career, the, the Hawks football program compiled a record of 17 wins, two ties, nine losses. Walt Michaels came up to see your teammate, Emerson Boozer. He was also impressed by you as well. How did that visit by Walt Michaels eventually make you a New York Jet? Boy, I tell you, good, good question. It's amazing. I mean, Emerson Boozer, I mean, uh, unbelievable. People did really see him, but Walt Michaels knew. Uh, he came down to see uh, Emerson Boozer, and this is amazing. I never ran a kickoff and punt return until the last game, and that was against Delaware State. And, man, I ran a touchdown on the kickoff return. Then I caught a punt and ran a touchdown on that. I was catching the football. I caught a touchdown as a wide receiver and a running back. So, so I, I caught three that day. The, uh, I caught it as a, a pass receiver. And Walt Michaels was talking to Boozer, and then he talked to his coach. He said, who's this Christie kid and everything? And I was the fastest guy on the team. I mean, I was just running past each other. You know, when you got speed and you don't have a good move, you know, like <laughs> Bob Hayes, fast <laughs> speed. So I had great speed. I was just outrunning the secondary. I mean, Unbelievable. And we had a pass play called the Cherry Pass. And, man, i just go out and just lay out for the football. <laughs> but uh, And Walt started talking. He said, hey, at that time, he said, NFL and American Football League. And he said, Earl, you want to try out for the American Football League? And, of course, I'm a hometown coach. They were going to give me a free agent tryout also. So, But uh, I said, of course, New York, uh, uh, Joe Namath, <laughs> all of that. Come on. And Emerson Boozer. Yeah, I mean, it was just amazing. And I, I, I tell you, and, and going to New York and seeing the Empire Space Building for the first time, can you imagine coming from a town that's 300 people and counting chickens, cows, and everything? And our school was so small, we only had 800 students. That was young ladies and gentlemen. Hmm. So. so you signed by the Jets, and you're assigned to the New Jersey J.C. Jets. But on November 9th, you get called up to the Jets, a move that also has an impact on your college teammate Emerson Boozer. So can you tell us how your call-up changed the way Coach Eubank used Emerson? Yeah, well, you know, no question. Uh, Emerson Boozer, I mean, uh, unfortunately he got an injury. We were halfway in the season, 
one time, and he, Emerson was just so excited for him bringing me up. But I can tell you the story. When Walt Michaels came down to see me play at the Jersey Jets, and I told him before the game, I said, um, uh, uh, I'm going to run a kickoff uh, return back for a touchdown. And that night, I ran one back, and he brought me up the next day. And then, uh, um, like with Emerson and myself, we were back on the kickoff return. That was something. And I, I remember some of the kids from our college said, we don't care who, who grabs the football and everything. And uh, we were back on kickoffs together. And Emerson and myself, we played in college together and in the pros. So uh, I, 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 it, it was a thrill. And like I said, he had 13 touchdowns. And, you know, we were a basic passing team with Joe yep. Namath. And uh, what happened, uh, he blew his knee out. 13 touchdowns in half the season. He would have shattered that record. Absolutely. So the pinnacle of your Jets career, obviously, is a Super Bowl win. But before we get there, you have two iconic moments within a few weeks of each other, both against the Oakland Raiders, the first being in the infamous Heidi game. And for those in our audience a little too young to know about that game, the Jets scored a late touchdown to take a 32-29 lead over the Oakland Raiders with a minute five left. NBC cut to a commercial, and then everywhere but the West Coast showed the movie Heidi, which was what they were supposed to you know, be covering, even though a decision was made to carry the game to conclusion. This decision could not be communicated, thus resulting in the movie starting on schedule. Mm-hmm. On the Raiders' second play from scrimmage on the next drive, Daryl LaMonica threw a 46-yard touchdown pass to Charlie Smith, giving the Raiders a 36-32 lead. On the ensuing kickoff, it's recorded that you fumbled at the 10-yard line, which the Raiders converted into another touchdown. However, you're here to set that record straight. Tell us what Thank happened you. there. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. No question about it. Here, now, just like you said, I mean, you, you, you broke it down. I tell you, you remember it better than me. <laughs> I'm thinking, you're fantastic. Okay, now, all I have to do after uh, Jim Hudson got thrown out of the game, that was our starting station. That way, Mike DeMarla came in, and he was a rookie, and they went right at him with uh, – the running back, and, and they scored a touchdown, okay? But we're still in good shape. Right. So I'm getting ready, and when they kick off to me, all I had to do is really beforehand is just come up, and Joe's going to run the clock out. So <laughs> I grab the football, and I'm running with the football, and all of a sudden, something hits, hits the football, and it goes in the end zone, <laughs> and the players on the other team, the Raiders, were only about five or ten yards from me, and I'm saying, what went off? Mark Polinski, it took me 20 years to forgive him, but I forgave him, but my own teammates. So, so Mark, let's put the record straight just like you said. I never fumbled playing for the New York Jets in those three years that I was with them, okay? Now, <laughs> now, now live and be well, 60 years from now, or 50 years from now, we're going to have Mark Sanchez on, and he's going to tell us the same story. <laughs> he never fumbled. <laughs> Come on, man. (laughs) I mean, should I get credit for my own teammate? No, you should not. You should not. Absolutely. But but guess what? Hey, Mark, the good part about that, I tell people this. I I, I claim this. I'm the reason why everybody that watches the NFL today 
it will be shown as in Taji because of her. Exactly. Okay. Ex- exactly. <laughs> no question about it. All right, so now fast forward to a few weeks later to Shea Stadium and the AFL Championship game against Oakland. After Raiders scored in the fourth quarter to take the lead at 23-20, you take the kickoff, run it back 32 yards to set up a Namath pass to George Sauer, followed by Joe's wild throw to Don Maynard, which set up the game-clinching touchdown to advance the Jets to the Super Bowl. What are you thinking now as those sick, the, the seconds are ticking down and you know you're going to the Super Bowl? Man, oh, good gracious. Can you believe? And not only knowing that you're going to the Super Bowl, you're playing against your hometown the team, team <laughs> where you grew up loving John Yanis, Lenny Moore, Gino Marchetti, Raymond Burr. Can you imagine? John, the great John Mackey and all this. Can you imagine? I said, now the day they're going to have to watch the regular day. I mean, you're talking about George Sal and myself. We made a thing, a pledge together. We said, Earl, when we win, see, see Joe guaranteed a victory, but I'm going to tell you a little bit about that story, too. And Joe said, okay, he's going to guarantee the victory, but we were so excited. Me and George Sal said, when we go to the Super Bowl, we're going to jump in the pool. That, of course, after the game. With all our clothes on. I don't know where we came up with that. But anyhow, you can just imagine. And then, of course, some guys back in the day, it was pretty good money. Uh, some players on the team was counting, okay, 15000 for that game. That's uh, 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 5000 You know, uh, we got three minutes left to go to the Super Bowl and what have you. We, we, we were counting the money already. But it was just amazing. And, and you look at it realistically, uh, we, we, we were just amazed that we beat a, a Oakland Raiders that was a great football team. And, and Joe was so kind to me that time when I fumbled the ball. He said, we'll get him when we come back. And, uh, man, that that was one of the worst weathers that we ever played in, freezing rain. Oh, it yeah. Was tough. So we, we were fighting and fighting, going back and forth. Were you there or, or were you too young? No, no. Actually, I had jet season tickets from the time I was eight. So, yeah, and, and that ground, that Chase Stadium ground is unforgiving Ooh. when you get hit and you go down on that. So here's the interesting thing. You mentioned Joe's prediction. If I'm correct, you know, Joe gets all the credit for that. But your grandmother actually predicted it, I think, four days before Joe did. Is that correct? Man, how you know all of this? Man, you're awesome. <laughs> no question. I mean, I'll bring you up to date. Now, can you imagine my grandmother raising me, okay? They don't know nothing about football, probably didn't even watch the coach. But they were watching us because NBC always played our games yep. nationally. So they were watching. And, and these ladies in the church would come up when I got, came home often, and they would say, hey, listen. We we don't know nothing about football, but we know your number is 45. I mean, you could have knocked me over with a feather. So anyhow, on the Monday, my family told me, and Joe guaranteed a victory on the Thursday. I had a praying grandmother, and she told everybody in the family that we we're going to win. Of course, the rest of the family thought it was crazy because, you know, nobody gave us a chance. It was like David and Goliath, and she's a very spiritual person. And she said, we're going to win. Now, Joe guaranteed that we win. But see, she was a praying grandmother, so her guarantee was really going to come true. Okay? <laughs> it, it was amazing. It just, it, it just blew me away. <laughs> so Super Bowl Sunday arrives. The Jets win the toss, which means one thing. 
It means that the first person that's going to get their hands on the ball in the Super Bowl is you. How far in advance did you know that? And what are the thoughts that start creeping in your head as you realize that? Is it nervousness? Is it anticipation? Is it excitement? <laughs> is it is it dread? What what was going through your head? Mark, Mark, you're just amazing, man. I love you, man. <laughs> you know the game. Back in the day, they we would flip the coin in the locker room. They probably do it sometimes now. And we just go out on the field afterwards. Can you imagine? We won the toss. I'm the leading kickoff and punt returner on the team. I'm going to catch the opening kickoff. Now, you wouldn't even be talking to me if I'd have fumbled <laughs> in that game, okay? I mean, that's mighty coach team. Now, can you imagine doing the warm-up, the pressure's on me, and I'm going to catch the ball. I don't care if it goes to the nine, uh, to the end line, you know. I'm coming out with that because I believe in my theory. Every time I catch the kickoff, I'm going to at least make 20 yards of that. That was just in my mindset because I'm going to come out. I wasn't going to be going east and west. I'm going north and south. But I'm telling you, but the night before, just think about the night before, your whole family, your hometown team, the great John United. Even Joe probably was going through some because he truly, well, John United was his hero. And we were going in the game, but we felt confident. And, and, and just to go back a little bit, Pete Lambert, our tight end while we watching game film. And he said, we, we better stop looking at this film before we get overconfident. <laughs> the whole team felt that way. You know, you look at that team. had three future Hall of Famers, Joe Namath, Don Maynard, and for me, maybe one of the most underrated Hall of Famers of all, the great Winston Hill, as well as Coach oh, Eubank. Yes. What yes. made that yes. team so good? And how did that team defeat, as you mentioned, I mean, it was David versus Goliath at that time. There's no question about it. And you know what made it special? We loved one another. You talk about, we would go out to Bachelor 3, we'd go to different places <laughs> together, hang out with the Yankees, the Mets, and everything. I'm telling you, you're talking about a city that loved one another, loved our teams together, and, and worked together. And, and after practice, a lot of people don't know just like Peyton Manning and uh, Tom Brady and, they, and, and, and they brand their game after Joe Namath. We would work after practice on our own. Joe would work with Don Main and George Stow. I would catch kickoffs and, 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 and punt returns and stuff. And then even in practice. Now, practice was tougher than in the regular game. It was fun when we got in the game going against each other, going against the Hall of Famers and all that. And I would catch a kickoff, Mark, and I would run from goal line to goal line. And we used to just go crazy about that because we visualized every time that we touched the ball, I wanted to run a touchdown. And the only longest one I just got was 87 yards, man. <laughs> but I broke two tackles, Mark. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, so let, let's put it in context. When you look at that championship ring, you think – on the fact that you didn't start playing football until college. And here you are on the biggest stage, biggest team with Joe Willie Namath, and you look at that ring. What's the first thing that comes into your head when you look at that championship ring? Well, I, I tell you, you know, I'm very strong because of my grandmother's uh, uh, spiritual faith base. I just thank God. I, I tell you, uh, really, uh, Mark, I've had an amazing life. I've had trials and tribulations, and 
we'll talk a little bit about that. But the bottom line, I, I just thank my family. I thank my friends because it, it's the journey is about people. And I, I'm just so grateful the life that I have lived and the life that I'm living right now. I'm so appreciative. And, you know, like you as great sportscasters and great fans, you know, back in the day, we loved our fans and everything. Uh, I, I'm telling you, the best fans in the world were Jet fans, and they still are great fans. But, uh, I mean, I'm just so thankful. I'm saying, I can't believe it. I've got to pick myself because I'm serious. Sometimes I almost forget that we were on the biggest stage and, and the greatest upset because the bottom line is it merged the NFL. Right. The NFL after that game would have probably not been merged if we hadn't won. Absolutely. You played a key role. Yeah, and, and huge role. So you have a new book out right now, the Earl Christie story. Where can people get a hold of the great book to learn about all your trials and tribulations and, of course, recounting that great game? Well, you can go to earlchristiestory.com. You can go to earlchristiestory.com. And let's spell Christie. Now, we spell it right now. It's Christ with a Y. See, I see I, I the governor of New Jersey. He spells with an I-E, but you spell well, uh, let's not talk. Let's not start talking politics here. We'll lose half our audience if we start talking politics. No. C-H-R-I-S-T-Y. Exactly. All right, Earl, thanks so much for reliving some of those great Jet moments with you and us. We really appreciate it. And for the record, Earl Christie never fumbled in the Heidi game, okay? Let's get that straight. Oh, man. <laughs> Have a great one, Earl. We appreciate it. Earl Christie. Well, thank you, and I appreciate you. And, man, you keep up the great work, man. You got it. You Speak to you soon, awesome. Earl. You got it. Earl Christie, Super Bowl three champ.